It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast with VEASAN's hockey betting analyst, Andy McNeil. Here is Danny Burke. What is happening, folks? Welcome to another episode of VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and alongside me, per usual, we got our guy Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL expert, who you can follow on Twitter, at Digital Gambler and at Danny Burke 5 for myself. Loaded show for today's episode on Thursday, March 9th. We've got plenty of topics ranging from in-play betting angles, uh, the difference between a good betting angle and certain trends, and which ones you could hone in on more so as you're looking toward the end stretch of this NHL season. We'll talk about a uh, a good, really just an overall good discussion about that and how you can look to approach it from a different pre-flop sense. So I'm interested to pick Andy's brain about that. Uh, we'll get into the goaltenders a little bit, update those odds on the Vesna Trophy, Andy's top plays for the days, my top plays for the days, and some other games that are just worth discussing because, again, very intriguing slate, a lot of good matchups and tons to dive into. So without further ado, Andy, uh, let's go ahead and kick this off, not necessarily getting into our pre-flop bets, but maybe some angles we look to approach in terms of in-game betting. Now, uh, you share this article with me. Greg Wyshynski did a really good write-up at ESPN, and he kind of goes into talking about how some of these teams have thrived from trailing and what kind of approaches you can take in that aspect in terms of in-play betting. And I know this caught your eye too, and something that better should really be aware of going forward. 
Yeah, so this article came out uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Greg Wasinski did a great job um, leaning on the, the ESPN stats and info folks to uh, to come up with some, some, some interesting uh, analysis. And uh, according to ESPN stats and information research, uh, data, uh, the winning team in over 43%, this is back on, on February 15th, so a little dated here, uh, the, the winning team in over 43% of NHL games this season was trailing at some point in the game. And that percentage was on track to be the third highest rate of any season since 1943-44. And each NHL team at that point had at least six comeback wins and at least three losses after leading. So definitely something there in the sense that, you know, this definitely this shows you that NHL teams are, are always in it. Pretty much every team in the league outside of the Arizona Coyotes, who only have five comeback wins this season, uh, is is in most games and, and capable of uh, making a push to, to come back in the game. Uh, so obviously that's probably really uh, up the interest in in-play betting this year. I know for me personally, uh, it's something I did a lot more of in the playoffs. Um Mostly because of just the incentive that the the teams have to keep playing. I mean, every every game matters, and if you're down uh, mul- by multiple goals at any point in the game, it's in your best interest to continue to play because you know there are those those impressive comebacks and and that that can swing a series uh, in your favor. So it's never it's never uh, I don't think anybody any NHL teams plan to to give up in a seven game series, but you definitely see a little bit of a. Uh, you know the 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 air sucked out of the room in the regular season when when teams fall behind early by multi goal leads and uh, it's it's been a bit bit of an anomaly this season to see everything shift so hard um, you know back towards this very competitive uh, sixty minute contest that we're seeing on most nights I mean one goal two goal leads never safe I don't know if you feel that way Danny but that's certainly oh, how yeah. I feel. <laughs> and uh, as far as as far as in play betting goes, I mean, I think there are some you know general tips that kind of apply across sports. Uh, and one of the main ones is that your your feed, your TV feed, uh, whether you're using a streaming service or cable, is mm-hmm. almost certainly going to be behind by quite a bit. Uh, you know, I, I've I've got streams that are sometimes behind over a minute, uh, real time. So that can be a problem if 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 you're making a bet on something that you're watching uh, when the sports books and the leagues are already so far ahead of you. The play, uh, you know, has already shifted the other way. A goal could have already been scored. Um, uh, and, you know, you want to, you want to try to try to protect yourself against that. So um, I think you know, outside of, of using more reliable data feeds, uh, you know, more, more uh, timely data feeds, I, I think you know you've got to aim to bet at timeouts and 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 commercial breaks. That's your your, your best opportunity yeah. to kind of you know get that get in at, at that at a good time. And as far as you know, in play betting lines, um, obviously you're you're going to have to make your decisions a, a lot quicker uh, in in these situations. But um, even more so than pregame betting. It's important to have multiple outs because the 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 odds 
vary so much from sportsbook to sportsbook. They're using often using third-party operators uh, to provide in-game betting lines, and you know things can get pretty out of hand. So you can see you can find some pretty big discrepancies. Um, you know, a difference of maybe a plus two fifty and plus four hundred. Right? It's uh, it's it's it, it can it can make all the difference having multiple outs, um, and uh, and that's probably the most attractive part of in-play betting is that there is just so much um you know variation from shop to shop in an industry that it really is a copycat industry i mean you know halfway through a game day you'd be hard pressed to look at the odds board and find much more than you know five cents difference between sports books when it comes to the pre-flop money line right well you'll find a lot well, much more bigger differences uh, in in-game betting, and I think that's something that's really attractive to me. So for me, when I'm when I'm placing in-game wagers, I've got multiple sports books open. I'm you know looking for the best price. I, I kind of I, I make my decision on what I'm going to bet, and then I I, I look for the best price. Then uh, you know you'd be surprised just how much more you can increase your chances of winning and making a profit uh, by having three or four sports books open instead of just one. Oh, without a doubt. And look, that's what we're always preaching for so many live betting opportunities and just betting in general. Make as many sports book available to you as possible, right? Set yourself up for options. Have different ways to approach it and different angles to where you can get as much profit potentially as you can access. And that's a really great note by you too, uh, waiting because a lot of people nowadays wanting to jump in as soon as possible, but you have to realize how much of a delay that you are on I know it can be tempting a lot of times, and look, it may work out, but realistically, you do want to wait for those TV timeouts where everything kind of gets caught up and you're on a level playing field at that point, but everybody's just so eager to get involved. They're like, I got to do it right now, but no, that's it's a really it's a really good note to throw out there because especially when people are cord cutting left and right, this is going to be a huge factor in live betting in general, and especially in a sport that goes so fast and quickly such as hockey does. And Andy, I think you brought up something really good too in terms of the difference between regular season and postseason. Like the 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 attitude, the mentality, the effort, certainly a lot different in the postseason than it's going to be with some of these teams in the regular season. So kind of hearing you say that, I guess that has me wondering then too, like now that we're getting toward the end of the season, when you're looking at some of these teams who either may A, be completely out of it or B, have their position wrapped up and, you know, you're in a specific situation where, I, I don't know, maybe the Bruins are trailing or, or something like that. And, you know, they're fine, right? They're set up in their spot. They may not need to care about this game so much versus a team that may need to improve their position. You could look for an in-game angle, maybe fading some of those teams who are trailing in that spot and don't have as much motivation to kind of climb back, right? Could you really, or could you maybe kind of uh, uh, correlate that into what you're saying for the end of this regular season with certain teams? You know, I, I'd actually probably be careful with that because I, I think, you know, especially with a team like Boston and some of these contending teams, they're actually probably going to be welcoming some of these situations as they get down the stretch here and into the playoffs, right? They almost fine tune their game. And um, I, I don't think some of these teams, you know, you think Boston, Toronto, Carolina, uh, other top uh, top teams in the NHL, I, I think, you know, that they'd be um, motivated to, you know, really try to succeed in those situations uh, heading into the playoffs to build that confidence, to build, um, you know, that, that work ethic, that never quit, that, 
kind of never quit attitude, right? So, um, average, you know, intuitively, that's that's kind of where I'm at on that angle. But um, I think okay. you know, there's definitely some something worth investigating there. You know, how how do these top teams? um perform when they're trailing in late in the season we could look at you know years worth of data and you know maybe come to some conclusions that yeah score effects kind of really don't come into play as much with some of these contending teams or they do and 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 go from there but um i think it brings up a good point than the difference between a, a betting trend and a betting angle i mean you look at the new jersey devils and uh greg rosinski i mean he this this great article here he gave so much information uh, and one of them was that the devils had a 60 percent winning percentage in in the 25 games in which they trailed first uh you know so are the devils odds of winning a game in which they're trailing 60%. No, that's not very predictive. It's, it's definitely interesting, um, but it's, it's not all that predictive. You'd have to really dive into the numbers, how they play when they're trailing. Um, and then, kind of have an idea of how sports books price these situations across the league and then determine whether the devils are, you know, worthy of being, you know, adjusted uh based on how they play in those situations relative to the rest of the league i know that might have gotten a little more complicated than i would have liked it to but um basically the difference between a trend and an angle uh, is uh, an angle is something that's quantifiable something that's predictive uh and a trend is is usually nothing more than a bit of trivia right so um i think uh, i think i think this is a, a a unique market uh something that recreational betters should probably look into um but you've also got to go about it the right way right and and i think uh, live betting can be uh extremely overwhelming to say to say the least <laughs> oh for sure i mean look you got all these numbers getting thrown at you at once the game's going so quickly like we were saying in front of you so uh good to kind of have a preconceived thought process about it too before you go in right instead of I mean you can go on the fly but it's nice to have a good idea of what you want to attack with I think FOMO is 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 a much bigger problem when you're when you're talking about live markets right because sure. you know you're watching a game and you know maybe you, you, you draw you, you jump to some conclusions you've got some maybe some biases <laughs> that you had before the game and then you're being tempted with these big numbers and, yeah. and you know, oh, do I want to miss it? Man, I'm never going to get this chance again. And then the other team <laughs> scores and it's the odds are twice as good as they were. Right. I mean, it's uh, it, it can be a re really cruel endeavor. <laughs> so true. I mean, how many times are you watching the games like with your friends or something? And you're like, look, you're like, ah, OK, like this big favorites lose. Like, eh, maybe I'll jump in on them now. And you're like, well, maybe you wait a little bit. The odds will get better. And like 20 seconds later, they score. And you're like, I knew it. I should have bet it. And then you're beating <laughs> yourself up. You're right. And, and that's what makes it so tricky. Getting in at the right time, establishing what the good buy point is for you. Or if you're trying to sell off, whatever it may be. But that's what makes it such a racket. It's what makes it so thrilling. Uh, and also, again, if you can tie it all in, a very profitable venture, especially in a sport like hockey. And look, Andy, a lot of that goes in with what your assessment on these teams are, what the situation is. And certainly a lot of that hangs on what kind of goaltender you're dealing with. And that's something I want to get into as well. Uh, just looking into these goaltenders and these goalie stats, we'll update the Vesna odds in just a second. But, you know, you look at certain teams, maybe like let's talk about the Islanders, for example, Andy. And this is a defense that is, is definitely dominant, right? But a lot of that credit 
goes to Sorokin. And he's been an absolute stud between the pipes. But the offense hasn't necessarily helped him out necessarily. And the win and the win-loss record hasn't been boosted. And maybe, and I know he's right behind Yulmark in terms of those odds to win the Vesna, but maybe he should be getting a little bit more credit based on the lack of help he's receiving from his offense, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Allmark is certainly going to win the Vesna at this point, or almost certainly going sure. to win the Vesna at this point. I don't think that means that he is the definitive answer uh, for the question, who's the best goaltender in hockey? I think that that's Ilya Sorokin right now. Um, but it's 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 going to be he might he might very well steal some votes away from, and I think he will steal some first place votes away from Linus Olmark. I know that um, I know that earlier this season uh, the, the the race was was much closer, but um, you know with 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 Olmark having such a, a big edge in wins and goals against average, uh, and you know even even save percentage, uh, I guess to a, to a lesser extent. Um, it's, it's just going to be probably too much for, for, for Sorokin to overcome, but those statistics aren't that great when it comes to analyzing goaltenders. I mean, wins goals against average. Those are team stats, save percentage, not great, but not terrible. It's probably the best of the, the, it is the best of the traditional goaltending stats. Um, but I think, you know, in order to understand why I think Sorokin is the best goaltender in hockey, people have to have a handle on expected goals, uh, and also goals saved above expected. So expected goals, if if for those that don't know, is a statistical metric used in hockey to measure the quality of scoring chances based on factors such as shot location, shot angle, shot type, uh, and goals saved above expected is a metric used to measure the goaltender's performance by comparing the amount of goals they they allowed in reality to the expected goals allowed based on the quality and, and the quantity of the shots face. So, you know, not all shots are created equal. The goaltenders, they don't control the shots they faced. And, and that's why these, these uh, statistics and specifically goals saved above expected are so important. So now let's go back to last season, Igor Shostirkin, cast a huge shadow right he saved the rangers 37.2 goals saved above expected which equates to roughly 0.75 goals per game more than an average goaltender uh, would be saving it's one of the top goaltending performances of all time but this season i think it's flipped and now shesterkin is in sorokin's stat shadow because he held his own in, in 2021-22. He saved the Islanders 21.5 goals above expected. But this season, he's at 43.3 goals saved above expected, uh, which is the fourth highest mark in history. And if you wow. add up the last three seasons, Sorokin has saved almost 20 more goals above expected than Shesterkin. So, I mean, it's it's consistency is, is big here, uh, especially this season, I, I think it's it's super underrated or, or or it's kind of not talked about enough how consistent he's been he's the only goaltender that has uh ranked in the top five of that statistic goal saved above expected in every month except for one december the only other goaltender that's ranked in the top 10 in every other month is is linus allmark so i mean allmark deserving of the vesna trophy don't get me wrong but mm -hmm. right now it's sorokin he's the best goaltender in hockey for my money. Yeah, Sorokin right now, at least at BetMGM, who a book that does have the odds posted, some others have it off. But uh Sorokin is nine to one 
Yulmark is minus a thousand. Hellebuck then at twenty-five to one. Shesterkin fifty to one, along with Vasilevsky and Jake Odinger then at fifty to one. Uh, Andy, uh, you know, with that being said, then too, assuming the Islanders can claim their playoff spot, much like we saw with Shesterkin last year, him getting hot at the right time. I mean, I mean, he was great all year, but especially heading into the postseason. It, it, does this signal to you maybe seeing the Islanders as a team you can bet in the first round, or are there still some pieces to that team that cause you to have some trepidation? I mean, again, is it like the Sorokin give you enough of a fighter's chance to make it worth the play, I suppose, is what I would be asking them. Uh, it's all going to come down to price, right? I don't, I don't think the Islanders are necessarily a good hockey team. I don't think they're a bad hockey team. I think they're right in the mushy middle. I, I think they would likely be totally irrelevant uh if not for Sorokin um you know the Rangers on the other hand they would they would probably still be a playoff team maybe a bubble fringe playoff team if not for for Shesterkin if they only had an average goaltender but um you know the Islanders would be nowhere without Sorokin so uh it's all going to come down to price and who they play um I I I man it's yeah it's it's I haven't I haven't actually uh you know started to simulate any any playoff scenarios yet or anything like that but i'm i'm going to imagine i'm going to go out on a limb here and, and say that the islanders are going to be uh you know sizable underdogs mm-hmm. uh, unless they get out of that wild card unless they get out of that wild card position which i i don't think they're going to do so uh, right now I, I believe they would match up against the carolina hurricanes sorokin would have his work cut out for him he would be facing a, a lot of shots the, the Hurricanes are arguably the top, you know, shot generation team in the in the NHL. Um, so he would definitely have his work cut out for him. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, we've seen goaltenders steal playoff series in the past. Jake Ottinger almost stole one against the Calgary Flames last year. Uh, I know everybody will remember that, and and uh, I'm sure there are a ton of other examples. But Sorokin is is top caliber goaltender and and very capable of of stealing a series for sure. All right, Andy. Well, let's spend some time getting into some of the action that we like for today. Again, Thursday, we're recording this uh, at least, yeah, my time, 11 a.m. Central time. So uh, we are in the later morning now looking at some of these lines. And I want to start, well, I know you at least want to start with this Devils matchup today uh, as they are on the road against the Capitals. All right. for You know, Andy, we spent the last show talking about some bad beats we had. And we just can't catch a break here, my man. I think it's worth spending at least a little bit of time venting about the Devils who had the lead against the Maple Leafs. What were they up, like three to two or something like that? And then it was yeah. like four minutes left. And they give up two goals just immediately and kill our bet on the Devils. And the Devils also gave up a shorty in that game, too. I mean, just absolutely unbelievable, man. Yeah, it was it was rough. I mean especially considering that the devils had almost six minutes straight power play time uh, and, and gave up a shorthanded goal before they were able to score a power play goal. So they, you know, they, they were, they were tied at the end of that. Uh, Not a, not a great position to be in, but um, I thought they played very well. They, they, they deserved to win the game. They didn't Uh, Toronto's top stars, you know, showed up and, and came, came out at the right time. Uh, But, New Jersey, man, they're they're one of the best five on five teams, the best yeah. one of the best teams in hockey, you know, bar none. But um, one of the best five on five teams in hockey right now. They've got a fifty eight point seven 
expected goals for percentage uh, in all situations. Their numbers don't change much. It's very similar at, at five on five uh, or even strength. The Capitals, on the other hand, man, they've been one of the worst teams, you know, for, mm-hmm. for a while now. And you've got to obviously consider that five of the six defensemen that were on the Capitals on their opening night roster are either injured or no longer with the team, like Dmitry Bobby Orloff. He's been traded to the Boston Bruins, right? So uh, it's uh, it's a, a tough spot for Washington against a team that's going to come in and drive play. Uh, the Capitals were one of, you know, one of the better defensive teams in the league, kind of low key. Um, but, you know, with the decimation of their blue line, uh, we've really seen that started to sh- start to show here. They've only they only allowed 25 plus shots on goal at five on five in 14 of their first 42 games. They've allowed 25 plus shots at five on five in 14 of their last 23 games. And only one team, the Blues, has allowed more goals per 60 minutes at five on five. So, I mean, this Capitals team is is, you know, their current form. It's it's probably some of the worst hockey that we've seen them play uh, in the last decade. Uh, and New Jersey, you know, we've talked about it before. The best road team in the NHL, 23-4-4 and this season. Capitals have only won four out of their last 10 home games dating back to the end of December. Um, I, I, I had the Devils winning this one 63% of the time uh, based on my the estimation of my model. Uh, I thought the regulation line offered a bit more value at plus 105 than the money line did at minus 145. And I'm not just saying that because you've got to lay a dollar 45 on the money line and you only you know bet a dollar to win a dollar five on the regulation line. I, I'm saying that because I think the regulation line should be priced around minus 110. And um, the difference, you know, in expected value is roughly half a percent in favor of the regulation line, a little bit of a bigger edge. So that's what I went with for the, the VEASAN article this morning. Uh, I, I like the Devils to get it done inside 60 minutes. Akira Schmidt is going to start in goal for the Devils. Um, but, you know, I mean, given how Vitek Vanacek has, has oh. played recently, I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Uh, so. I, uh, I, I I still like the Devils here to get the job done inside regulation. I like it, man. All right, we'll be sweating out the Devils to get it done in 60 minutes. And I think you're right. The way that uh, Vitek's been playing, uh, a little switch up between the pipes can't be the worst thing to happen to him. So uh, we'll be rooting for you with the Devils. Uh, I got to play here, Andy, in this Tampa Bay-Vegas game. So this is a uh, not the quickest turnaround, but they did play recently when it was kind of that strange game out of Vasilevsky when he gave up the four goals versus the Knights. They lost five to four, but they climbed their way back in that game. And again, Vegas ultimately ended up winning. But we did get confirmation that Jonathan Quick is going to be starting for the Golden Knights. And as you and I both know, Quick has uh, really struggled this season, to say the least. Now, he gave up three goals on 28 shots in his debut against the Canadiens. And that was a game where, you know, Vegas had control and then quick made it a tad bit more interesting than it needed to be. But they held on. He gets his win in his first game with the Knights. I don't think he's going to get another one tonight here. And I I get that it's a chalkier price with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But look, I agree with it. I I laid minus 165, the steep price here with Tampa Bay. This game, yeah, sure, could go to overtime. So that's why I'm willing to lay that price instead of doing the win in regulation or doing the puck line. Vegas is a fairly strong team on the road, but 
this is a good kind of, uh, you know, bounce back spot against his team for Vasilevsky, assuming he is going to get the nod. The Tampa Bay team that thrives on their home ice in a team that is just, you know, they've been rocky leading up into this, but they are coming off uh, a nice win versus Philly to get over that losing streak. They had lost a previous five before that. And I think this is a good spot to get on a little bit of a spurt here to give yourself that spark against a Golden Knights team that I do think you clearly have the goaltending advantage. Uh, you have a slight home ice advantage here and just overall team unit. I do think Tampa Bay gets the nod. Vegas coming off that 2-1 loss at Florida the other day. It was, look, a pretty solid performance, obviously, from Vegas limiting the Panthers, who do better themselves at home to just two goals. But this is just a little bit of a tough road stretch for Vegas, Andy, and uh, I think Tampa Bay does have the advantage in this spot, certainly when you're going up against Jonathan Quick. Yeah, the, the goaltending uh, matchup is a, a big mismatch, to, to say the least. Uh, it definitely hurts the lightning that, that Victor Hedman, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't look like he's going to be in the lineup. He stayed out after practice uh, skating you know, with the kind of with the the extras, so that usually indicates that a player won't be won't be suiting up uh, uh, on a game night. So it looks like Hedman will be out. Uh, that hurts a bit, but I think that was already priced into the market at this point, anyways. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a good bounce back spot for for Tampa with the with the goaltending matchup. Yeah, and like you said, too, I mean, that's the thing, like Hedman being out, all right, not ideal, but, you know, again, Vegas offensively, maybe not as strong in this situation when you're going up against a stud in Vasilevsky. At least I'm trying to speak that into existence, but uh, yeah, Vasilevsky's <laughs> been great at home, 18-5-3, uh, 2.54 with his goals against average, 92% on his saves. Let's hope he can keep up the success on the home ice. I'll be sweating out Tampa Bay minus a buck sixty-five. And then, Andy, you and I will both be sweating out to play in this next game in the Mile High City with Colorado taking on Los Angeles. The Kings on the road against the Avalanche. Colorado is uh, high as a minus 165 favorite we've seen. I'm looking at some of these odds on our VEASAN's odds page. Uh, as low as minus 150, but again, as high as minus 165, plus 140 or so looks to be the best price on the buyback for the Kings. Total is at six in this game. I'll let you take it first, my man. What are you rocking with between Colorado and L.A.? So I have a bet on the Los Angeles Kings, uh, but just, you know, this is just is a great example of how frustrating it can be sometimes to be a sports betting content creator if you're writing a, about a game uh, and you're, you're price sensitive like myself. I bet the Kings at plus 145. I write up about 350 words, you know, <laughs> detailing why I'm going to, to bet on the Kings today. And then, you know, just as I'm about to publish the article, it, it, the line moves to plus 135 almost across the board. And as you said, it, it's come back a little bit. There are some plus 40s out there, uh, but that's not as an as as much of an enticing price uh, for me uh, at this point. It was only a small bet, uh, but I, I, I do think that, you know, Los Angeles could, could catch the Avs uh, sleeping a little bit here, hopefully. Um, Colorado really, you know, hasn't been driving play all that much, specifically uh, at even strength over the last month, 14 games, they've got a 49% shot attempt percentage, 50% uh, expected goals. You know, really just not a, not not dominating anything anybody right now. The Kings, they're they're coming off a stretch in which they had a really easy schedule. 
but they're flying right now. I mean, they're the sixth best team over the last month in expected goals per 60 minutes on offense. Uh, and I, I like what they did in the gold. If we just talked about Jonathan Quick, I like that they brought in Jonas Corpusala. Hopefully he'll get the start uh, on Thursday in Colorado. But uh, I think this could be a very fast-paced game between you know two teams who are still still very much in the thick of the playoff race, fighting for, for positioning. Uh, and uh, I think I don't. I think uh, I think it could be a, a really a really high paced uh, game tonight. And I'm willing to take a chance on the underdog uh, at a price like I got earlier. But you know, now at plus 140, I'd, I'd probably just hang out and, and see what happens. See if any action comes in on the Avalanche and pushes that Kings line back up. Yeah, and that could easily be what happens too. I mean, we know people love betting on Colorado, especially at home and maybe a team with the Kings who they have been hot. I mean, let's not lie. They've won their last four games, but I, I think some casual betters and just fans in general, not that they'll necessarily move the market, but still have a difficult time attributing this Kings team to being able to compete with the with the big wigs like a Colorado Avalanche in this instance. But uh, the play that I got, Andy, I'm betting the over six. Minus 120 was the price. Uh, when I bet it, it looked like it may have been trending back to six and a half. So I uh, I played that over six minus buck 20. Like you said, Corpusala looks like he's going to be 10 in the net. Um, he gave up five goals in one matchup against Colorado. Now, granted, this was his first game of the season with the Blue Jackets. But again, we know what this avalanche offense is capable of. An offense that's averaging about 3.4 goals per game at home. You talked about their expected goals percentage uh, over 51%. Los Angeles is top 10 in expected goals percentage themselves. Uh, they've been ridiculous with the kind of pace that they have. And, you know, on the road, they're getting three and a half goals per game. And defensively, Colorado, yes, they can be great. And Georgiev is a strong goalie. Let's not deny that fact. But again, it's just these teams can play at a high pace. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be a lack of defense necessarily. It's just going to be the power that is presented by both of these offenses. And I think this number should be at six and a half more so than it should be at six. So I think this is a pretty good opportunity to capitalize on this total being at the flat six as opposed to six in the hook. So I'm in on the over at six at the price of minus 120, Andy. You know, I uh, I think if if I had to maybe guess as to why um, this total might be a little bit lower uh, um, than expected, the Kings have just done such a great job at suppressing shots. Only the Hurricanes have allowed fewer shots per 60 minutes at even strength over the last month. LA has allowed just less than fewer than 24 shots per 60 minutes. Um, so, you know, maybe that, that has something to do and maybe that has affected the, 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 you know, the pace of play, the kind of estimate that the market is working with here. But I think the avalanche will definitely uh, drive that average up <laughs> after, after Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, you would imagine that would be the case. Let's hope so. Let's hope for a high-scoring game with the advantage going to Los Angeles, baby. That would be ideal for us. Uh, actually, uh, let's just say seven nothing Los Angeles. That that seems beautiful. Like a great score for me. 
We will take that, my friend. We will absolutely take that. Uh, there's a couple other games I know that we didn't have bets in, but I think are worth discussing at least. And I know we were talking about Sorokin a little bit earlier, and the Islanders have a very intriguing matchup tonight on the road against Pittsburgh. I, the Islanders have dominated this series this season, Andy, winning all three games. Sorokin has been in net for all three, allowed seven goals in that span of three games against said Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Tristan Jari looks to be the projected starter. He's 0-2 against the Islanders, have allowed eight goals in those two games. He's also allowed eight goals in his last two games in general. But the market's putting a little bit of love here on Pittsburgh, Andy. They're as high as minus 150, I'm seeing. Uh, total at about six, not too much movement there. Look, I, I get the idea of wanting to back Pittsburgh, a, a team that does play better at home, a team you think could at least get one win against this Islanders team. but Man, as, as you were discussing earlier, it's it's still hard to maybe want to lay that high of a price with a team who has struggled against the Islanders, but more importantly, going up against a goaltender in Sorokin. Yeah, and I mean, like, the Penguins, they've certainly been trending in the right direction over the last little mm -hmm. bit. They were awful for a while, and um, they've started to get their game together. Uh, but they've got some injuries. Brian Rust is out tonight. It uh, looks like their their new addition, Mikhail Granlin, is not going to be in the lineup. And like you said, Sorokin is just lights out, and he's been lights out against the Penguins this year. So, I mean, this is a guy that's, I'm guessing, on a mission to get his team into the playoffs. They're playing a team that, uh, you know, are, are, are fighting with them to, to you know, keep, keep them out of the playoffs, keep them out of the position that they'd like to be in. This is going to be a big game. Uh, and I, I can't justify laying any kind of uh, minus 140, minus 145 price on the Pittsburgh Penguins. That seems a bit of outrageous to me. Um, so it's Islanders. It's Islanders or nothing at this point. Yep, I hear you. I'm with you. Can't lay that price with Pittsburgh, but uh, going to be fun to watch that one. Again, familiar foes battling it off for the fourth time now toward the end of the season. Pittsburgh is high is a minus 150 favorite total we are seeing at six across the board. Oilers, Bruins, Andy, this is a big one tonight. Boston still getting the love that they deserve. They opened up as high as minus 180. Now you're seeing them on our VEASAN's odds screen, as low as minus 157, that's over at Circa. So it appears that Edmonton is getting a little bit of love in this spot. Now, the Bruins have won 10 in a row, but they haven't played since the weekend, so you have that rest versus rust discussion. The Oilers coming off a 3-2 win at Buffalo. They've won their last three out of five games. These teams met back at the end of February on the 27th, to be exact. Boston got the win 3-2 at Edmonton. Uh, however, Yulmark did not play in that game, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, we know how dominant he's been. We talked about it earlier. And then, Andy, it looks like it's going to be Stuart Skinner in the net for Edmonton. Man, this game, again, just watching it is going to be thrilling. But how would you maybe assess it with these odds listed the way they are? Yeah, so I had Boston priced uh, actually around uh, minus 160. So I was kind of neutral on this one. Um, and now that not only Stuart Skinner is in goal, but Evander Kane is back in the lineup. Mm. I'd probably be closer. I haven't had a chance to update thing. This is all happening while we're we're recording here. But uh, I would I would probably be closer to to plus one forty on, on the side of the Oilers. Uh, so definitely, you know, some consideration there. Considering there are some some shops that are probably likely still lagging behind, but it looks like uh, 
plus 145 is the consensus price right now. Yeah, and I think people look at this game too, knowing what Edmonton is capable of, the reason why you and I have invested in them to you know, make it far throughout the postseason and hopefully come out on top of their respective conference. We were talking about that in the last episode, and look, this is easily or should be easily treated like a playoff game for both teams, but especially for Edmonton, uh, Edmonton who could really be put up to the test and kind of just overcome Goliath, right? Overcome yeah. that beast, the top of the NHL right now, and it makes it all the more attractive when you're getting a plus price like that, that you are with Edmonton as high as plus one. I'm seeing plus 155 as high as at least one shop in Vegas at the Golden Nugget, but uh, most commonly about plus 140 to plus 145. Yeah, so the, I, I think that the, the biggest difference here is just the, the even strength play, right? Um, we know the Oilers can dominate when they've got time on the power play, uh, you know, but the Bruins are simply a better even strength team. They, they're over the last month, they've scored 3.8 goals per 60 minutes at even strength. They've only allowed 1.9 goals against uh, at even strength. The Oilers, they're allowing a, a goal more per 60 minutes at even strength, and they're they're, they're scoring almost a goal less. So, uh, you know, you, you play between the whistles. You don't get into penalty trouble, and Boston should have a pretty big edge here in terms of driving play, chances, shots, etc., um, but if, you know, if, if the Oilers can get under their skin and, uh, you know, maybe maybe get some of their top players off their games, get some time on the power play, uh, certainly Edmonton could uh, could could be in this one and, and win it. Going to be a fun one for sure. Can't wait to watch that one go down. And hopefully we can't wait to watch some of our bets go down in the winning column. We uh, we're looking for, man. We've suffered some say, bad beats. Go <laughs> down. What are you saying? Go down. I, was, I don't want to watch my bets go down. <laughs> the winning bets go down. You know, watch it go down in action is what I'm trying <laughs> to say. But yeah, man, uh, it's going to be a good slate tonight. Uh, great episode per usual, my man. Always appreciate it. Make sure you follow Andy on Twitter at Digital Game. Gambler. Make sure you're following his content, all of his write-ups at vsin.com, B-S-I-N.com. Fantastic insight day in and day out. Of course, I'll be sweating out the lightning on the money line tonight in the over for the Kings and Avalanche. Andy will be sweating out the Kings for that plus money price and a little bit of plus money price for the New Jersey Devils in regulation. So whatever you're betting tonight, folks, best of luck and appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Eason's Hockey Betting Podcast and very much appreciate if you like and subscribe, you'll get notified when the episodes get released as soon as possible. Helps you get as good a numbers as we're releasing. So uh, hopefully we can all be on the same page. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, best of luck and take care. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 